On today's Locked On Texan podcast, assistant coaches who we are looking at, new contract, who this? And who's really the worst owner in the NFL? But we're back together again Monday. Cody, let's get the show started off right. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Cody, super excited to have you back, back together again. Yes, sir. I had my brother gone from the show from for a couple of days, but we're back and we are ready to talk the Houston Texans. And if you guys have been sticking with us for the past three to four years, do you know around this time of year what's my slogan? Ain't no grind like the slow grind. <laughs> and right now we are in the slow grind for the Houston Texans period, but I think it's very important to look at the small things that matter and, you know, as we were talking and trying to figure out how are we going to attack this week in terms of bringing in uh, bringing up topics, I said, Cody, I think it's important for us to look at coaches who we are really expecting to have a uh, maybe a difference-making type of year, right? And for me, I think George Warhol was brought in in February after Lovey Smith was announced to be the head coach, you know, Warhop and Smith spent some time together in Indy, War, not Indy, I'm sorry, in Tampa Bay. Warhop has nearly 30 years of coaching experience. And one thing that I like about George Warhop is back in February, he was asked about the run game. And the way he said it was, I'll look at the run game. It's about yards per carry because we can't dictate how many carries a back is going to get. In the game, he continued with, it's all based on how the game is going. So if we're getting a lot of carries, that's great. We may get 140, 150 rushing yards, but if we're getting a minimal, uh, if we're getting minimal carries, we might be less than that. I like to be above 4.2, 4.3, 4.4, somewhere in that area. I like that. Last year, the Houston Texans uh, yards per carry was 3.6. And there's two things that Nick Casario in the front office did to help George Warhop out. Number one, they went ahead and replaced that right guard from last year. Whoever it was filling in the blanks, right? Um, they had injury, injury, poor play. Uh, and I like the fact that they went out and got a guy that Warhop mm. is familiar with in AJ Can. We spent time with in Indy, not Indy, excuse me, I don't know why Indy's on my mind, in Jacksonville the last couple of years. Secondly, they went out and got a very talented and very versatile player in Kenyon Green. However, he's not going to be playing tackle for the Houston Texans. He's going to get that big butt on the inside and play some guard, right? He's very athletic. He has been known in college in the SEC to move players, move those bodies out the way. And so those are two things that I like. 
a veteran and the young guard who has a lot of expectations, a high ceiling. You're giving that to Warhop. And I'm looking at the interior for the Houston Texans where they struggle with heavily. That's why I think when you look at bringing in Warhop, it's nearly 30 years of experience, giving him young and old, talented players that can help Houston get a push. Well, now you're looking at a Marlon Mack and the Damian Pierce backfield and thinking to yourself, yeah, there's no way that they're going to rush 3.6 yards per carry. No, I don't think that's going to happen. So will they be coached up right? Absolutely. And I thought last year the talent wasn't there across the board. And one person struggled next to the next person because that person that they were playing with on the side of them, they weren't getting the job done. I'm glad Houston upgraded that interior spot because now for Warhop, what else are you asking for? You came in blessed with Larry Tunsil as your left tackle. You came in with Titus Howard, who's had an up-and-down career thus far. Well, we've seen him play tackle, and we can all agree that he's a better tackle than he is guard. The upgrades are there. I'm not 100% sold on a Brit at center at this time, but for Houston, they'll work that out. You know, maybe he's just a one-year deal and they'll move on from him after this season, or maybe there's an in-season change. We'll see how that works out. But now, I think fully across the board, our expectations have been higher than they've been in a very long time. Yeah, and I like the fact that you went George Warhop and talking about the extra push that he can actually give this Houston Texans run game because, of course, John, the one coach that I'm definitely going to have my eyes set on this season is Danny Barrett. And I say that because you guys know for the longest, every time we talk about coaches who could be on the hot seat, I've always come to the defense of Barrett because – Over the last two seasons, he has not had the talent in order to coach this run game. As a matter of fact, going the last season, this is a coach who, of course, his top three running backs was Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, and Phillip Lindsay. This is a whole entire team. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait a minute. Mark Ingram was the leading rusher for this team for the longest. Don't forget about Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram, but... I say all that just to say, and of course you're looking at, well, Mark Ingram. Okay, I give you Mark Ingram. Even though Ingram was gone after, what, five games into the season, he was still this team leader rusher all the way up until Rex Burkhead exploded for a buck 50 in that win against the Los Angeles Chargers. But, John, even if you add Mark Ingram in, and of course we did not get the, uh, the Pro Bowl Mark Ingram that showcased his talents in New Orleans, but when you take a look at what, Barrett had to go through last season. You're talking about an organization who did not crack over a thousand rushing yards and as a whole last season. And by the way, out of 17 games played, they only cracked over 100 rushing yards three times. And a lot of people has talked about how bad of a coaching job Danny Barrett has done over the last two years. But John, I've always came to his defense because I do believe when you give that young man some talent, he's going to coach this run game and make sure it's at least respectable. This is a guy who has been with this organization since 2018. And the Texans run game was pretty solid back when they had Lamar Miller, back when they had Carlos Hyde, back when they had Duke Johnson. 
Over the last two years, it did not look so great. However, in terms of what the Texans are going into the 2022 season, when, when you take a look at Marlon Mack, when you take a look at Damian Pierce, they should not repeat the same struggles in their run game. If they do, with those two guys as your two leading backs, then I would say, okay, maybe the problem is Barrett. But as of right now, I do believe Barrett is going to help get this run game back on track for the Houston Texans. And I like to say, just to add to that, typically, if you have a very good offensive line, you know, it's kind of hard to screw up whatever backfield that you have, right? If bodies um, are being pushed out the way, just generally speaking, if you're able to push bodies out the way, like if your guys in the trenches or just whooping the next guy's ass, then as a running back, hit the hole, one move, go. Don't dance around, which we saw a lot out of Philly Lindsay last year, David yes. Johnson. Don't do all that dancing around. Get your ass up, Phil. I would like to add, in 2019, the Jaguars rushed for 4.4 yards per carry and 4.5 yards per carry in both 2020 and 2021. Lastly, George Warhop explained the improvements that are needed. It's all hands on deck. So if you're looking strictly at the offensive line, then, yeah, you're rushed about 3.8 to 4 yards per carry. But he continued with, it's up to the wide receivers. It's up to everybody to do their job. And if everybody's involved, we have a real back, and we have a real back. That's, that's a, if we have a real back, we're going to do what we're supposed to do. Then, you know what? You can be able to rush for 4.4, 4, 4.5, 4.67 yards per carry. So, you know, he is looking for an all-hands-on deck. He understands that the offensive line, you know, needed that improvement. But – the proof is in the pudding. He did a very good job in Jacksonville the last couple of seasons, had a real back, and that's where Danny Barry comes in. I think those two guys will be in those coaching meetings working hand-in-hand hand because they understand that a change has got to come. Mm. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Look, guys, you can find all of the latest odds, the news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Steph Curry, what are you doing? Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And so with Bet Online, they continue to be the source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device right here in your phone in your pocket. It's right, you, you got it right now. Don't wait to use it to learn more about the trends and action over at Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the world. Thank you for checking out today's show. So Having a little fun on today's episode of Locked On Texans and every single day, especially since I have to make a new Twitter account and <laughs> my followers have been really kind of constricted to Texans news and Rockets and everything. I continue to see, especially from Larry on Stanford, <laughs> uh, Larry and Stanford, Stafford, but I continue to see the uh, – disrespect or the name calling or flat out disgust from fans, from certain fans in regards to uh, the Houston Texans CEO and owner Cal McNair. And I would, I would continue that by saying the 
the thought behind that is, well, you ruined our chances with a franchise quarterback, or you ruined our chances at making the Super Bowl in, a, in the time frame that they thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. Listen, you can also argue that morally the decision to whatever chance to ruin with Deshaun Watson, morally that was right. However, we always see that Cal McNair is the worst owner in the NFL. Cody, how many mm-hmm. times did we see, whether on Twitter, whether on YouTube, sell the team, sell the team, by the way, the Tennessee Titans Stadium ain't doing too good. <laughs> they, if, we, if, they, if they give us our colors back, we'll go ahead and help them out and send some money over there. But honestly, to get back to it, Cal McNair is not the worst owner in the league. Cal McNair has never had uh, the, the, the ownership group in the NFL counting votes to force out the McNair family like Dan Snyder is doing as is having to himself done right now by the rest of the NFL owners. Um, the rest of the NFL owners are counting votes to remove Dan Snyder as an owner in the league. Cal McNair has never had that happen. So there's no way that you can call Cal McNair the worst owner in the NFL. Cody, <laughs> your thoughts. I mean, this, this Dan Snyder, I've said this a long time ago. You, you guys may remember this when we originally talked about Dan Snyder, who's the worst NFL owner. Dan Snyder was going to find himself in this situation because every owner in the league has dirt. But mm-hmm. not every owner in the league continues to have more dirt piled up on them, piled up on them. How many times have we had a discussion surrounding Dan Snyder and new news coming out about how badly things are being ran for the Washington Commanders? were formerly known as the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, which is why we are here to this day with the commanders, right? And so overall, this guy may possibly be voted out by the rest of the league owners. They only need 24, don't know what the count is right now, but Cal has never done this. Cal has Uh never been in this position. Cal has never had a problem where the rest of the 31 owners are thinking to themselves in a secret meeting with the rest of the Illuminati, we got to get this guy out of here. (laughs) That ain't happened. Cal McNair is not the worst owner in the NFL. He just pissed y'all off. Not by a mile. And, John, I think the biggest issue with with Cal McNair, and of course you hit on it, is how close this city was to finally see an NFL team, no matter if it's the Oilers, but more so the Texans over the last 20 years come close to being a Super Bowl contender. And it seems like the Texans had all the right pieces. You had your franchise quarterback. You had a damn good wide receiver. You had somebody who basically was the foundation of this organization in J.J. Watt. You have some you you had some really good pieces, and there were some things that needed to be fixed there, i.e. the head coach. But what I and, and this is part of the reason why I kind of take up for Cal Magnair. And even though you and I, you know, make made jokes about it, how you know he should not have been forced to be an owner, you have to remember that Cal Magnair was never brought on to be the owner of the Houston Texans. He was forced into that role after his dad passed away. Now, with that being said, yes, Cal Magnair did make some mistakes, i.e., of course, the biggest one of all, allowing Jack Easterby to run the show for the, what, 
over a year or so. And that's part of the reason why we're in this situation today in terms of hoping and baking that Davis Mills can be better than half of the starting quarterback in the NFL in hopes of letting the Texans be a competitive team. But of course, that's another topic for another day. However, you have to take a look at this one aspect. Cal McNair, as you mentioned, every owner has a lot of dirt. And I'm pretty sure Cal McNair has too. But it's not in a way where it's embarrassing to the franchise. You take a look at that stuff that's going on in Washington. It's like every day it's a new story. And by the way, Stephen Ross, Stephen Ross in Miami, he's another guy that I would say, hmm, I think I would much rather Kel McNair as the owner of my franchise versus those uh, those other two because they got some other stuff going on that I'm like, what the hell? Well, so what's going on in Washington right now, and I think this is the probably what really pushed the the uh, put the nail in the coffin or whatever analogy you want to use to finalize why they're going this right now. The Washington Commanders are under investigation. Uh, from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and Virginia, uh, and the Virginia Attorney General for allegations of high fail, and uh, which is right now is financial and properties were revealed in the Congressional Committee probe. So right now they are under investigation from hiding money, hiding the revenue, making up tickets or sales from false, you know, tickets or. Stealing money as well. That report was actually wow. I suggest you guys go look at that commander's report on the hiding money. Also, of course, we know about the toxic workplace that has been going on mm-hmm. uh, for the longest. So, you know, I think the biggest one of that is you man, you lied about your money. Them numbers looking funny in the light. We're trying to figure <laughs> out how y'all ain't this good, but all of this is happening. And so Again, only 24 votes are needed. But when you are hiding money, like I said before, once it starts to really affect other teams, other owners, then, yeah, it's time to get your ass out of here. What Stephen Ross is doing wasn't affecting nobody but the Miami Dolphins and maybe Brian Flores. That's it. Not, not no 31 other billionaires. They don't really care about that. They care about their money. And if you're lying about it, they're going to find about it. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? Ladies and gentlemen, we all have access to Rock Auto, whether it's with our computers at home or with our phones in our pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on Texans in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. For making Locked On Texans your first listen, I'll make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news around the league. 
because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. So follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And before we close out with this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, John, another free agent came off the market on yesterday. A New guy contract. Who this? By the by, the name of the Davion Clowney, <laughs> former Houston Texan, former Seattle Seahawks, former Tennessee Titan, but he finally found a home with the Cleveland Browns. For you, those of you guys who don't know, Clowney and the Browns had an opportunity to agree to a one-year contract, which means he's going to return to Cleveland, and there's going to be another Texan playing against his former team on December 4th. I guess he'll be, what, the second headline, maybe third or fourth, because we all know who the main headline on December 4th is going to be. But, however, John and listeners, when I saw the news that Jadavion Clowney got signed, of course we was going to have to talk about it here on Locked on Texans. But out of all of the shenanigans that went on during the whole Bill O'Brien GM era that only lasted for, what, (laughs) 10 months? Is it fair to say that getting rid of Jadavion Clowney was arguably his best move? Only because when you go back and you take a look at everything that was going on between Clowney and his organization, this was a guy at the time who was coming on his contract extension. Uh, I think it was his second contract extension, if I'm not mistaken. And his market value at the time was somewhere in the ballpark of 18 to 20 million. You already know you had the big contract from J.J. Watt. DeAndre Hopkins was in the ballpark for his contract, and we all knew the following year, a guy by the name of Deshaun Watson was going to also demand top money as well. When you take a look at the decline that Jadavion Clowney has had over the last couple of years, and I also want to mention this, and I didn't want to believe it at the time because I'm not going to lie, Clowney may have been arguably my favorite Houston Texan doing his, what, five-year tenure here? But, John, I used to always hear people say, Clowney isn't that good. He's he's only getting those sack numbers. He's only that good because he's playing alongside a defensive line that features the likes of J.J. Watt. And, of course, Watt was demanding double teams at the time, and that and, and Clowney benefited off of that. I'm like, no, 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 that, that can't be true. But when you go and take a look at the stops that he had in Tennessee, the tops, the stops that he had in Seattle, you're looking at a guy who had only recorded three sacks in, a, in the span of two years. He goes to Cleveland, teams up with Miles Garrett, arguably the best offensive end in the league as of right now, and the man has an opportunity to record nine sacks. So, John, given the fact, when you take a look at where the Houston Texans were at that time, do you think getting rid of Jadavion Clowney was arguably Bill O'Brien's best move as general manager? Before I answer that, I will say that Jadavion Clowney should have never been um, – he should have never, never been categorized as a sack guy. The reason why he was the number one pick was off a of run tackle, you know, when he yeah, busted that is the true. offensive line and – uh, was that was that who was that who who, who was that? It, I know it was Michigan, but I forgot who he blasted. Right. So for Jadavion Clowney, he has always been that Swiss Army knife. Who, yeah, he can get you some sacks, but he's more so his bread and butter is that run defender. 
With that mm-hmm. being said, absolutely, that was the best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at the Jadavion Clowney, 2018, his last season in Houston, 41, 47 combined tackles, nine sacks. The following year in Seattle, he only uh, had 31, uh, tackle, 31 tackles total, along with three sacks. Only started 11 games that year, played in 13, had some injury issues there. That following year in 2020 with the Tennessee Titans, only played and started in eight games, also had some injury there. Last year, he was able to get healthy again. Then he, you know, came back with some over 30 tackles. I think that why Houston won, while you can look at Bill O'Brien and say, all the bad things that you did, thank you for that, is because the injury was going to, I think inevitable, was going to be a reason why mm-hmm. Jadavion Clowney was not going to be at his full potential. So you look at a situation with Houston, maybe we may be looking in hindsight, those three years you spent away from us, uh, they were not, the, the past two were not playoff years. And pl- having a player with a contract that he was supposedly going to uh, receive at that time, not supposedly, uh, you know, what he could have received at that time, uh, with that amount of money on a team that was not making the playoffs, right? Then, yeah, because one of those years you extended Deshaun Watson, and then now you looked at last season, the $10 million for J- D- Deshaun Watson, Jadavion Clowney's contract. It would have been too much for a team that was underperforming. So, absolutely, I think this is one of the – few dubs for the entity himself, Bill O'Brien, that he won. Moving on from Jadavion, and I, let me say this. If I remember correctly, there was a franchise tag in place that I think Jadavion was mm-hmm. getting ready to sign, and mm-hmm. I think Bill O'Brien said, you know what? I'm going to go opposite way. I can't. Like, that That beef was weird between those two. And uh, But overall, yes, Jadavion not being in a Houston Texan jersey, was good for Houston. Way too much money on the books, uh, possibly, for a team that stunk. Uh, but I'm happy for him. He's playing in Cleveland. I think when you add Deshaun Watson, whenever he plays, and Tuesday will be a very important day. We're going to be watching that uh, HBO documentary uh, with the accusers. That's going to be fun. But they're in a position where they have a great roster and they have an opportunity to make the playoffs yeah, paying him up to $11 million for that franchise is absolutely great. For Houston, if he would have been making an 18.9, uh, no, that's terrible. You don't want that. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John Hickman. Back on Twitter, give me a follow, John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure you are following Locked On Texans at Locked On Texans. And like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, Locked On Texans. Again, that is Locked On Texans. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more Texans. Ain't no ground like the slow ground, but somebody got to do it. That's what we're here for. Peace.